Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Welcome back to Growth Island. I got the pleasure of hosting you again. My name is Mass Face, and today we're going to talk about top performance and how to deal with mental challenges and actually use a pretty smart approach. And for that, I got someone who has a master in psychology and a PhD. I got Dr. Don Wood in on the show. Don, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to be here and reach the audience that you're talking to. So, Don, you work with uh, with how to actually get top performance, but also get people out of uh, mental challenges. Just uh, how did you get into all of that? Well, the, the performance side really came after really studying what happens with people who've experienced trauma. Yeah. And uh, what I realized is that when we can eliminate the effects of trauma, performance will go up. So I work with a lot of CEOs, executives, athletes who want to perform at a higher level. We just need to find out what's interfering with them reaching that next gear or level. Yeah. Um, but it really started because of um, my childhood. I grew up in this beautiful, idyllic, peaceful, loving home. So my nervous system was always regulated. I've been healthy my entire life. I never had any trauma. I played hockey. Um, I'm originally from Canada. I played hockey, so I wasn't going to get bullied or picked on. You know, I could defend myself. And so I just sort of skated through life, really, thinking that everybody was living my life. I thought everybody had my parents. And it wasn't until I met my wife when I was 18. Um, I met her, and I discovered very quickly that she was not living in the world that I grew up in. She had a very traumatic childhood with a father that was very dis- dysfunctional, and she was living in fear. And so she was constantly living in fear. And I had a chance to play professional hockey in Sweden. So Fantastic. I was to come over there when I was 19. So we got married very young. And um, I thought, okay, she's going to be out of that house living in a home that I grew up in, and everything would just settle down for her. But it didn't she was still living in fear. And it wasn't making any sense to me because I thought, I'm speaking calmly, she's living in the world I'm living in, why is it continuing to activate for her? And now she was high functioning, great mom, great wife, you know, but she wasn't truly enjoying life. And I I couldn't understand why I'd say like, we've got a beautiful home, we've got three beautiful children, a successful business. What is it that's not like making you happy? And she didn't know. She just didn't know. And and what we really discovered after starting doing this research was that as a child, she had learned to really keep her expectations in check because things would, the rug would get pulled out from under her constantly, right, when her father would lose it. So when times were a little bit peaceful, she was just waiting, right, for the danger to start. And so she was expecting the same thing in our life now that something was going to go wrong. So don't get your hopes up. Don't start thinking about the good times and enjoying it because it's going to end. And so when my daughter was 14, she was diagnosed with Crohn's. So my wife is still struggling with this. And then 
Um, they were told we were told to take her off of gluten, dairy, that she was going to have to live with this for the rest of her life. She ended up having four resections done where they had to literally go in and cut out pieces of her intestines because they just atrophied and died. And then um, she was 16 and she disclosed to us some um, trauma that she had had when she was between the ages of six and eight that we were unaware of. And so for my wife, it was devastating because she always thought that she'd be able to protect her child, you know, from things that she'd experienced. And um, so then we believe that she ended up with a second autoimmune disorder called idiopathic pulmonary hemosiderosis. And what that is, is basically it's a lung issue where the lungs just start to bleed. So the iron in the, in the blood then just creates the, the lungs to bleed out. So only one in 1.2 million people get that disorder. And so for one out of every four of them, it's a death sentence. They will die within five years and the rest of the people will just have to live with it. No cure for it. Don't even know what causes it. And uh, that was when my wife said to me, she says, you need to figure this out. You need to, she, she done all kinds of research, couldn't come up with any answers. The only answer she could come up with was you need to live and manage and cope with it. Mm. And then my daughter would eventually end up with a colostomy bag. And so I went back on my PhD and started studying again. And um, what I discovered was that when we have this unresolved trauma, it actually creates inflammation in the body. The inflammation compromises our immune system and our neurotransmitters. So people are getting sicker because their immune system's compromised and they're feeling bad because their neurotransmitters are compromised. And there's no answers except really medication or teaching you techniques to live and manage and cope with it. Wow, is he out of Crohn's disease now? Yes, hasn't had a Crohn's flare up since going through our program and hasn't had any of the pulmonary issues as well. And that I believe that that was a direct result of the trauma. And trauma creates a very unique problem for humans, not for animals, more for humans, because of the way our brains work. We have a very unique system in the way similar to an animal mind, but different from an animal mind. Animals are 100% present all the time. So everything for an animal is happening now. Animals are in the moment dealing with whatever is happening. Animals have an associative memory, which means that they learn through repetition and association, but they don't store details at about events and experiences. So they know you or the person that feeds them, They know that they're safe with you, but they don't know the details of it. They just know what they know. Humans have that memory system, but we also have a second memory system, which is the ability to store billions and billions of bits of information. So everything you've ever seen, heard, touched, or smelt in your lifetime has been recorded and stored in this memory system. Now, 95% of our mind works exactly like the animal mind fully present, survival-based, our subconscious mind, taking care of everything that's all programmed for us. So this is what I discovered, is we have a glitch. We create these error messages. The memory keeps looping, so it keeps activating our nervous system because our minds are constantly looking at that old data from things that have happened to us years ago. 
but because it's fully present and in the moment, it actually is confusing the memory with the event. So it's creating a response to what it thinks is something that's happening now. And it's just information about something that happened five or 10 years ago. And how do we react to that then? So I'm sorry, what was that? How do we, how do we, how do we do something about that then? Well, that's what I really discovered is we can fix it. Now, what that's going to do is if you've had a lot of trauma in your life, it's going to create things like anxiety, depression, panic attacks, post-traumatic stress. And so what they're going to do is teach you to manage it, use medication to manage it, or teach you breathing techniques, yoga, meditation, all those kinds of things. The problem is, is that they're not fixing it. So what I've, I found through my research is that we can actually fix it. Because this information has been stored in memory, I say it's stored as a high-definition image and file. So when you're in a traumatic event, all your senses are heightened, sight, smell, hearing. So when it's recording it, it's bringing in tremendous amounts of details. Um, you're in a very high beta brainwave state. So your mind is cycling fairly quickly and taking in a lot of information, dealing with that information. The problem is, is when it stores that information, anytime anything looks like, sounds like, smells like that event, our minds activate that memory to see how to respond to it, starts looking at the information, and then starts responding. So, this is a real simple explanation to say how we fix that, is if I asked you what you ate for dinner last night, can you tell me what you ate for dinner? I have to think, I don't remember. Uh, I bought well, breakfast this morning. Breakfast, I had a green smoothie. Green Actually, smoothie. Yeah. Okay, so when I asked you that, you saw a picture, right, of what you ate or maybe where you were eating it or where you made it. Where I made it. Yeah. So that's how you stored the information about what you ate for breakfast this morning. So no other animal does that. It's only humans that do that. So because it wasn't threatening or disturbing, it's stored as a fairly low-resolution file. Mm. Had that been a threatening event, you would have gone into a very high beta brainwave state. And so you would have stored a tremendous amount of every sound, every smell, everything that was happening, your brain would be taking in all that data. So the process that I take you through is a four-hour program that gets your mind to reset that old high-definition data into the same format as to what you ate for dinner or what you ate for breakfast this morning. And then it stops calling for the action. Because anytime you have an emotion, the purpose of an emotion is a call for an action. The purpose of fear is to escape from a threat. The purpose of anger is to attack or extinguish a threat. So if you think about something that happened to you five years ago and your heart starts racing, your mind thinks it's happening now. Mm. So it's creating the emotion to get you to do something, go into action, stop the threat, run away from the threat. But it's a glitch. That's going to activate your nervous system. And it's not designed to be constantly being turned on like that. So the symptoms are going to start showing up like post-traumatic stress, anxiety, all those different things. Those are symptoms of that glitch. So how do we kind of change that? Because I know like, um, earlier in you know, psychotherapy, 
we believed that we had to talk through traumas again and again. And now we know that kind of just creates a highway to those memories uh, that we're reliving and reliving in. And then I've seen Tony Robbins, some of his work, where he actually takes memories and you try to do different things to kind of mess them up and change the memory so you don't have that perfect CD, but you basically cut things through that kind of CD. Is that similar to kind of that approach or, or what would be things that you'd be doing? Yeah, a little bit. The thing that I think that we're doing that's adding a little bit more efficiency to that is when you have a uh, beta brainwave stored memory. So yeah. beta brainwave state is between 15 and 30 hertz or cycles per second. It's a very high active brainwave state. When you have a memory in that state, if you then go into psychotherapy and you start talking about it, what is the current state your mind's going to be in? beta. It'll be in the same state as the memory that was stored. And that's why, so what we're doing is we're reinforcing it, that same state. What we want to do and what I do through our program is in that four hours, I'm able to get you into a very calm, relaxed alpha brainwave state. And so what happens now is when we have you in that state, I'll say, give me a two minute highlight reel of something that happened to you. When your mind then starts to recall that two minutes of that beta memory, it's actually very strong in the alpha brainwave state. So it can reprocess that data and take that intensity out. So similar kind of things is that what we're doing is we're just gonna interrupt the way it has been stored. We're gonna change the storage. So we're gonna do the opposite of what they did to the Wizard of Oz movie. I don't know if you know the Wizard of Oz movie. But it's a movie, very famous movie that was, um, I think, back in the 40s. Um, so they took it from black and white to color. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to take it from color into black and white. And when that intensity is removed from the memory, it stops calling for the action. Does that make sense? So how do we, how do we get into the alpha state? Um it's basically what I do through the four-hour program. I find, and this is why I do the four hours, I find it takes about two hours to get into the optimal uh, restorative mindset. And that's why we do the four hours. And all I'm really doing is where I'm talking about the education and science behind what I learned through my research. I'm mixing in stories, symbols, and metaphors because your subconscious mind communicates that way. It's the primitive mind. And so it's survival-based, and it responds to symbols, stories, and metaphors. So during that two hours, I'm just guiding you through this process. By the time we get to these memories, the mind is so ready to start restoration process. It's very quick. And that's why I only need to do a minute, two minutes of a memory and get it restored. So basically, I also saw you have some experience with high, uh, hypnotherapy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I studied hypnotherapy, yeah. um, and I don't believe we need to get that deep. Okay. Hypnotherapy goes a lot deeper than what we do. I keep you in a very alpha brainwave state, where hypnotherapy is more towards the theta brainwave state. Um, and so that's much deeper. The advantage to this is you participate throughout the whole thing. You're just in this very calm state. And so we're communicating throughout the whole event. It's not me doing anything. It's your mind actually doing most of the processing. Got it. So we're not going like to those slow, slow 
uh, states as you can do with uh, hypnotherapy. But we're getting people to relax enough. And then the hypothesis is that instead of, because we are in the alpha state, then we're not creating a new highway into that memory, but we are actually kind of releasing it or kind of like scratching the CDs. You take, uh, as you said, the movie from color to black and white, and then it won't affect the nervous system as much the next time you have a memory that kind of gets recalling. Is that correct? correct? Yep, that's really what it is. And so, like I said, it just it's a, it's a glitch because your mind, the reason your mind, so I start off, the first thing I say to somebody when they come in, regardless of what they're dealing with, is I say, there's nothing wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with your mind. Your mind's doing exactly what it's built to do, which is protect you from threats. Mm. The issue is, is that it's seeing memory as threats. It's a glitch, right? So there's nothing wrong with you. If I'd experienced the same events that you did, my mind would be doing exactly what your mind is doing. So that doesn't say anything about your character or willpower, or morals or ethics, right? I deal with people in addiction and I treat addiction completely different. I say, there's nothing wrong with you, right? You've experienced a lot of pain and you found a resource to stop the pain temporarily. So the reason you got into addiction wasn't because of your character or your morals, right? It has to do with stopping pain and the mind does not want to be in pain. And so you found a resource that temporarily stopped the pain. That makes perfect sense to me why you would do it. So I had a lady come in who had been on heroin and she'd been in therapy for seven years. And she said to me, I told my therapist I was coming in to see you. And he told me that I have to be honest and upfront and let you know I have self-destructive behavior. And I just smiled at her and I said, really? What would make you think you're self-destructive? And she was so surprised. She looked at me, she says, well, I'm sticking a needle in my arm with heroin. Don't you think that's destructive? And I said, no, I don't. I think you stuck the needle in your arm because you wanted to feel better. And I bet you when you stuck the needle in your arm, you felt better. That's what you were trying to do. Now the substance you're using is destructive, but you're not destructive. That reframes it because there's so much shame and guilt associated with addiction. And what I've understood now is it has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with trying to stop pain. Hmm. And that's a very powerful message for the subconscious survival brain. Get you out of pain. And most of what we do is either to avoid pain or get some kind of pleasure. So right. most of our actions are like, if we're doing something, it is normally serving something for us, even though it might not be the long-term uh, positive effect for us, but it's definitely serving a short-term need. Um, Absolutely. And what's interesting is your subconscious mind, which is survival-based, is operating right now. Everything for your subconscious is now. So when does it want the pain to stop? Right now. So it doesn't see consequences. Your subconscious mind has no relationship to time. If that heroin or that alcohol or whatever that substance is stops the pain now, it can't see consequences to that because it doesn't relate to time. And that part of your brain doesn't use reason and logic. That's the 5% that, I, uh, that we call our conscious mind, our intellectual mind. That's the part of your brain that would say, well, gee, if I'm putting heroin in my body, I could get addicted. But when it's a survival threat, reason and logic has no purpose. It's overridden every time by survival. 
that's why people are getting into these you know habits and behaviors it's all designed just like you said for a purpose and the purpose is usually to avoid pain or to keep us alive so so where are we right now in regards to the research on this kind of solution so i know like double blinded studies and all that stuff it's extremely expensive but like where are we in regards to um, to running these kind of programs to show like hey this is super efficient um, we're doing a study right now where we're going to be doing brain mapping to show the changes in the brain activity, the pre and post. I've got a lot of data, um, you know, from people, tremendous amounts of testimonials from people that are showing that it's working and we're seeing changes in uh, the way they're performing. So I've worked with athletes. I worked with a guy, Marco Cicetto. Marco is a double amputee. He lost both his legs to a uh, to frostbite from a suicide attempt. And he was a marathon runner from Kenya. And so now he had to learn to walk again. And then he started to try to run. So they built him some special blades that he could run marathons in. And um, when he came to see me, he had sort of plateaued in his training. They said he wasn't running any faster, even though he was training harder. They really believed now it was coming from his mind. So Marco came in to see me. Uh, this was in February of 2019. And uh, I took him through the four-hour program. Uh, nine days later, he ran in a race and took 15 seconds per mile off his time, which is a huge amount at that level. And then a few weeks later, he ran in the Boston Marathon in 2019 and broke the world record. He's now the world record holder for marathons for an amputee. And then a few months later, he ran in the Chicago Marathon and broke his own world record by another five minutes and got signed by Nike. So what I believe is actually happening is that the mitochondria, the ATP and energy in the cell is also being compromised. So I didn't make Marco a better runner. He always had that ability. What happened was, is he was able to release more of that energy, energy that was being held back because of the inflammation, because of the trauma that he dealt with. So have we been able to measure the inflammation levels before and after, or we kind of uh, conclude that from like the better results and the less disease or, or where are we on that? Yeah, right now we're just having to use what we've got, which is the, um, you know, the testimonials. We have so many testimonials from people who have said what it's done in their life and changed their life. So now we're trying to do the scientific side to say, okay, what can we see in terms of measurements um, that we could quantify? Yeah. And so that's what we're doing now. So we're in that study right now. So by the end of the year, I think we'll have data showing how much changes there were physically that we could then have a measurement for. Fantastic. That's going to be a brain mapping. Is it going to be right. anything else as well or how? We're how also doing cortisol testing. So yeah. the idea is to test what, um, what cortisol levels, how they've changed. So when people are constantly in this state of stress, their cortisol levels are going to be higher. So we're going to measure a pre and a post. Um, of that. So that'll be another tool that we're going to use. So we're going to use the brain mapping, which is showing the changes in the brain activity. And then we're going to show the physical, which is cortisol. Fantastic. 
it's going to be amazing to get some of those results, but it, it's expensive oh, yeah. to do your studies. It, it is, it is. And then, you know, we had to, we, it took us a long time to get to this point to show the effectiveness of the program. It just works. And when people say to me, well, what if I don't believe it's going to help me? And I said, it doesn't matter. You don't have to believe in science. Science just works. Hmm. And this is really what it is, understanding how the brain's working and coming up with a way to get the mind to reset. Yeah. So it's just like a giant computer. You know, if, if every time you hit your M key on your computer, your computer shut off. If you took your computer to a therapist, the, therap the computer therapist would tell you, don't touch the M key. Stay away from the M key. All right. Don't write any words that have M's in them. Just avoid M's altogether. Well, that's not fixing the problem. It's a coding problem. Right. There's a code, an error code. All we have to do is reset the code so that the computer now knows the M key is an M, not a shutoff key. Yep. There's nothing wrong with the computer. It's following a code. The same way your brain is following a code that has been developed from these events and experiences that your mind is now using to protect you. Yeah. So someone that's sitting and listening <clears throat> and be like, that sounds interesting. Then there's the possibility to, uh, to join in your program. Yes. So you can go to um, the website is www.getgettipp, tip is what we call the program, tipp, and .com. And then um, I think if you put in slash growth, there's a special um, incentive offer for anybody, a discount for your listeners that want to go through that. Plus, they also get a chapter from the second book I wrote was called Emotional Concussions. And what that's all about is not everybody has these big T traumas, you know, the car accidents, the sexual assaults, things like that. Some people have it's a teacher that was overly critical, a parent dealing with maybe addiction, right? Those emotional concussions can build up just like the physical concussions can accumulate. So you'll get a chapter of the book to sort of as if you... Um, log in. So you just go there, get a free chapter of the book, or you can also get the discount. Cool. And it's a 15% uh, discount. What 15 is something discount. done if someone is like, I'm broke right now, or I want to learn some more? What are some things that people can, can do that doesn't cost anything that actually helps them with performance or uh, the mental game? It's really training the brain to stay present. So one of the reasons why that's difficult to do is if the mind keeps looping through this trauma. Hmm. So, but the way, and again, this is sort of a management coping tool. All the things that you can start to do, exercising, right, is gonna help, right, make you feel better. Meditation, yoga, listening to music, anything you can do to get your brain to calm down, right, is going to be, because that's gonna help with your nervous system regulation. If you're in this constant state, there was a study done out of um, uh, CDC and Kaiser Permanente did a study in 1995 through 97 where they surveyed 17,000 people. And the survey basically showed some like amazing statistics on childhood trauma. And so they called them ACEs. It's an ACEs study. So ACEs stand for Adverse Childhood Experiences. If people have experienced one or more of these ACEs, it had a direct connection to mental and physical health. So anybody who had experienced four or more of these ACEs 
had a 20-year decrease in life expectancy, which is incredible. A seven and a half times more likely to become drug or alcohol dependent. Uh, 12 times more likely to want to commit suicide. So this study is fascinating, showing the effects of what happens when we have this trauma as children. It affects brain development. It affects obesity. Um, and the more that you've had, which is what my wife was dealing with, she was living in that kind of a house. She developed Hashimoto's, which affected her health. Um, so there's all kinds of repercussions to having this uh, traumatic childhood. And so the idea is to, to look for and some, seek some help. Yeah. So like you said, not everybody can afford the program, but we certainly want to make sure that you're, you know, we've got some simple hacks on our site that you can go to that are just simple tools. Those are free. You can uh, go through those. And those kinds of tools are just to try to help you. And what's one of those simple hacks that, uh, that people can do at home? Um, well, there's actually three of them. If you go on our site, you can actually go through it and I take you all through it. But yeah. basically, that's the idea is training your brain to stay present and in the moment and calm down. And so it's just a practice is kind of a thing. So I walk you all through it. So okay. you could just listen to those on, on the website and they're free. Yeah. Is it like breathing or just kind of yeah. like... So there's some breathing and just, um, you know, visualization, things like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing as well, visualizations can actually do. And how our brain don't always notice the difference on whether something is happening or whether it's just in our mind. And Hollywood has made trillions of dollars from this. They can convince us when we sit in a theater that something's real on a screen. Yeah. Because your mind can't distinguish between real or imagined. No. So when you when you do this, actually I have a, uh, a client that just came through who was having um, problems with driving. And so when she got on a highway in particular, was creating a panic attack. And so we've given her some tools, but one of the things I also encourage her to do was to simulate driving on a highway. It's, what, it's how we train commercial airline pilots and, and Navy pilots and all that. They go through simulation first so that they can get everything down while they're in that safe environment. Yeah. So if you can go through this simulation in your mind, you're actually building neural pathways to deal with the stress under safe conditions. Yeah. Right? And so it's a great tool. Visualization is a very powerful tool to help you with that. It's, uh, yeah, it's magnificent. That's also where VR um, and AR are going to be extremely interesting. And I see like exposure therapy, for example, anxiety, where people are getting these glasses on if they, for example, um, have anxiety towards dogs and so on, and they get to calm down the nervous system that it learns after enough times that they're actually going to be okay. Right. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. There's some fascinating things and technology is changing. And the, the, the good news is, and this is the, the, the message that I'd really like for your listeners to hear. There's nothing wrong with them and that there are solutions that don't require medication, don't require painful um, years of therapy. There's some solutions that can actually work out there. So don't give up hope or don't think that, you know, you're broken and defeated, right? There's actually answers out there that are a lot simpler than you could imagine. Yeah. Don, I always ask my guests in the end, um, one to three advice for living a happy, healthy and meaningful life, something that people can actually implement tomorrow uh, or focus on. What, uh, what would that be from you? 
you have to have a safe place. You have to have a place that is like stress-free. And that can be, and one of the things I, somebody said to me, what was the best advice you could give to a parent? And I said, make your home safe. My home was safe. So my nervous system was always regulated. So if you are living in a home that's maybe not possible to do that, find a place that you can get there and just get your system to relax and train it to relax. So find a safe place. Is that one of the reasons do you think that people love nature so much if they're at the right spot or would that also be less safe space because there can be animals and so on? Because many people also feel really good in nature and feel like the system relaxes, right? Yeah. And the reason that happens is there's something, if you, if you look at something called the Schumann resonance, when we started sending astronauts up into space in the 50s, one of the things that they came back with talking during their debriefings were feeling these emotional disturbances. Now, these are doctors and scientists. So they're trying to figure out why are these guys having these emotional experiences in outer space? And so they discovered the reason why. And this is why what you just said is so powerful. Dr. Schumann discovered that the Earth has an energy, an electromagnetic field. And so he figured out a way to measure it. So what happened is, is when these astronauts got away from that field, they felt ungrounded. They weren't grounded to the Earth's energy, which dysregulated their nervous system. Mm. So that's why when we go out into nature, we are actually grounding with the Earth's energy, and there's where that peace is coming from. So Dr. Schumann measured the energy of the Earth, and he measured it at 7.83 hertz, which is that very low range of alpha brainwave state. So when you go to the beach or you go out into the country, right, what's happening is, is your brain waves are resonating with the energy of the Earth's waves. And that's why it feels so peaceful. That's what I do in the program. That's where I get you into that mindset to start the restoration. And then I give you the tools, right, to continue training your brain to be able to go there simply and fast. Interesting. So I do grounding quite often. I think is one of the things that we're getting more science on and more of the emergent science that we're like seeing lower inflammations from people that are grounding, like taking their shoes off and take uh, like being at the grass or like in nature. And it's, it's one of the things that just intuitively feels good. Yeah. And that's the reason why is because your energy is resonating at the same frequency as the earth. Yeah. And that makes us feel safe. That's why they use dogs for therapy. Because if you're in a high beta brainwave state because you're stressed all the time, as soon as you get around that dog, you start to resonate with their energy. Yeah. And they're totally grounded. And so they ground you. It's amazing, right? It's just the science behind it. Yeah. And so by, by the research and everything I did, that's what I discovered. So the key was to be able to get you into that state to start the restoration process and then teach you how to be able to stay there. And that's what we do through our program and give you the tools to be able to retrain your brain to do it. Interesting. I really yeah. think the whole grounding um, is something we're going to see a lot more coming out. Going back to like you're doing more studies on, um, on your approach that I think we will be seeing hopefully more studies on like how grounding actually helps. And interesting to say that it's actually um, the alpha state. I didn't know that. I heard about the electric magnetic current or what you said uh, in the body and that you get that tuned to uh, to the earth when you're grounding but i didn't know it was also the alpha state yeah it's alpha brainwave state they believe albert einstein was living in that state 
that's why information just flowed for him. Yeah. That's the flow state. So for athletes, you want to be in that state when you're performing. Yeah. Because when you're in that state, all your resources, all your energy, all the strength that you have resides at that level. When we get further away from it, we're draining energy away. Yeah. It's sort of like the center. It's the sun. It's all where all the power is. The further you get away, right, the less intense that energy is. Yeah. So finding that safe space, that would be a good advice for the listeners for uh, for happy, healthy, meaningful life. Take, take, find a place, find some time and, and set aside some time where you just take care of yourself. Yeah. Right. Just get into that space, whether that's listening to music, reading, whatever it is, it's really going to help because you need to keep your nervous system in regulation as much as you can. Yeah. And at least if you have a place you can go that nobody's bothering you, you can then do that very easily. Yeah. Love it. That's definitely uh, something for anyone listening uh, to do. Don, where can people find out more about you? So again, go to our website, uh, gettip, G-E-T-T-I-P-P dot com. Um, and then if you do, again, the, the slash growth, that's going to get you all the information about how to get the free uh, chapter in the book and then any of the discounts. Because we have two different ways of delivering the program. One is digitally, where you just listen to the four-hour program on a digital online platform. Or the second one is to come and see me or do a Zoom session with me. Um, but if you go to our, our site, you'll get all the information about how the program works. You can watch a lot of the testimonials. A lot of times people say that the reason they came to see me or did the program was they heard somebody talking about that resonated with them. That sounds like me. That's what I have. Um, so we work with all kinds of different walks of life and different situations, you know, from, like I said, CEOs, executives to world-class athletes, all the way down to veterans and just average people, you know, struggling with anxiety or issues of post-traumatic stress or panic attacks. We can eliminate panic attacks in that four-hour session. It's pretty amazing. Definitely is. There's way too many people out there that are struggling with that today. Yeah, I've actually written a patent on a on a band that we're going to use to detect a panic attack up to an hour before. Okay. How the panic attack is actually starting before you're even aware of it, because it's a combination of psychological and physical. So there's something where your mind is actually feeling some stress. Right. And it's really below your conscious awareness. But, you know, the, the system is basically starting to feel some stress. So what happens is, is that it starts the fight or flight response, but at a very low level. So you don't even feel it. And what happens is that it increases. It starts off by increasing the heart rate, which then what that does is it changes the oxygen CO2 levels. So your brain is feeling a little bit of stress, then gets a signal right, that the oxygen CO2 levels have changed, which then is perceived as a threat. Well, why are we running low on oxygen? So then the body starts to use oxygen from the muscle groups, which then builds up lactic acid, and which is also changing the pH of the blood. Now another signal is coming from the body to the brain that we're now, the pH of the blood has changed. So it's getting these signals from the body that there's something wrong, but there's nothing wrong. And so, because it can't find the danger, it hits the panic attack. So, it hits the panic button. And then, all of a sudden, you feel, right, 
panic and you didn't even know it was coming. There was, there was a study, so I wrote the patent and then I found a study out of uh, Southern Methodist University that had 2,000 hours of data on panic attacks from about 2015. They had 13 people experience a panic attack during the study. In all 13 cases, every single person said the panic attack came on instantly. But they had them all hooked up, right, measuring different vital, um, you know, parameters. And there were a whole bunch of different signs that the body was actually experiencing this stress, even though you weren't aware of it. And so, but it was happening up to an hour before. So the band that I'm proposing to, to build would detect that that's actually happening. And then the tools that I gave you to shut down the panic attack is what you use. And then it just shuts it off before it starts. That will be interesting. When do you think something like that is going to be out? I'm hoping again by the end of the year. The study is going to help us with that as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I know it's exactly what's happening. So when I talk to people, even without the band, I'm able to shut off the panic attacks with our program. So yeah. again, if you go onto our site, you'll see all these testimonials of people who have experienced panic attacks for years. And just by going through the program, it stops them. But the band will actually, one of the issues that people deal with who have panic attacks is not always just the panic attack, it's the anticipation of the panic attack. And so they're in fear that something's going, they're going to have this panic attack in the middle of this presentation or in the middle of a, a meeting, right? And so then they just shut down. Yeah. So the, the, at least the band will be able to say to them, we'll be able to tell you if a panic attack is coming. You got and a, then you, we got you got a warning an hour before, so you'll be good, so you don't have to fear it. And you, you don't have to fear it, and then you just do what we showed you how to do, which is get the mind to calm down its nervous system, and the tools that I give you will shut it down. Well, I look forward to seeing that out as well. Uh, yeah, we're excited about it. Yeah, let me know when uh, when you have it, and I would be happy to uh, try and get it out to some people that uh, that can test it and validate it as well. Perfect. That sounds great. Perfect. Don, thank you so much for your time here on the show. I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it as well. Very good. And look forward to uh, whatever it airs and, and hearing what people's responses are. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.